Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's well. Happy Monday for those that are joining us live. Wherever day you're joining us, thanks so much for joining us. For those who are in the American civilization, we're like in Thanksgiving week, which means this is sort of the beginning of the calendared holidays, that whole world. Such an opportunity that we have as we get to the end of the year, the calendar year at least, to, to take stock in our year, to realize our, our missteps, to look out into the future. It's a great week. And this is one of my favorite holidays, Thanksgiving. Because thanks, it's always a time for Thanksgiving. Gratitude is one of the most fundamental Jewish principles. 76 and sunny in Florida. It's not so in New York. We've been talking about the idea of understanding who we are. The stuff is critical. It's critical. And the reason why some people don't like to spend time in it is because it's not action-based. And when it, we're used to living in a world where we respect what we do and not who we are. The more practical something is, the more important something is. You ever speak, you ever hear a speech or hear someone say like, okay, 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 okay. But like, what do I have to do? That's the brain going, I can't spend time in the ethereal. I can't, I can't, I got too much going on to delve into matters that aren't going to give me an action because I have been so conditioned to action. Of course, we've got to make things real and practical, but to run into the, always getting things down to something that's practical immediately takes away from the philosophy of the, of the, of the depth of who we are. At one time when I was uh, younger, spent a day just in one of the big study halls in Jerusalem. I watched adult men fighting over two or three lines in a Talmud. And I was so upset, not in a real way upset, but like, what does that have to do with their lives? Practical, let's go. And the rabbi who was taking these explained to me like, what, what are you talking about? learning the two lines in a Talmud for a full day and fighting over every word isn't about what they're going to do that night, but it's who they become along the way. What we're doing here now is if we're, if we're really all in, in the next, what we're engaged in right now, we're, we can shift who we are. And who we are, right, Michael, that's exactly right. It's the way. Who we are is a bit of the infinite. When we live in a world and we believe that who we are is the sum of our accomplishments, and then we, because we live in a world of externality, we could compare ourselves based on how old I am, how much I have, how far I've accomplished with how I'm doing in life. What ends up happening is that we train our eyes to seeing the outsides always, seeing the external and everything. 
Now, if we're lucky and we grow up and somebody tells us that we are more than our external, then that's great. And there are a lot of people that were given that gift. And this is what we're talking about. There's a lot of people that were given the gift of somebody else in their lives saying, I see you. I see you. You're more than whatever you've accomplished. You're more than what you're, fa- what you're failing at right now. You're more than the things that you've produced in this world, whether you've overproduced or underproduced, whether you fit the box or don't fit the box. If you're lucky and been given a parent or parents or a teacher or a coach or a rabbi or a clergy or someone in your life or a friend that looks at you and sees you for more than anything that you can do, anything that you can do. This, I was reading this once about celebrities years ago, this study on the pain of has-been celebrities that in many cases, especially if they were athlete celebrities, they never remember a time where they weren't the, the object of everyone's attention. Athletes become athletes in their teenage years, really, at the national stage. You can look at an athlete who's 25, 26 years old, and he's been playing in front of millions of people for his entire adult life. You can look at a celebrity who's able, who sees him or herself on on a big screen where millions of people, they can't even walk down the street. And all of a sudden, one day they wake up and they're a has-been. They get hit in one tackle and they're out forever. For those who remember Bo Jackson, one tackle, gone. Somebody else is now the new hottest celebrity and nobody they can't get a, a gig anymore. And the, the pain that they go through isn't just that they don't have a job. They have plenty of money. The pain that they go through is they don't know if anyone ever valued them for anything but what they've done. No one has ever looked at them. They've, they've had millions of eyeballs on them, but no one ever looked at them for something beyond their actions. And now they live in a world where they're stopping to look and there's nothing on the inside, not because they weren't built with a soul. It's because we get so good and used to looking at the world for what it does. We, we rate children by what they can write on, the te- on a test. We measure people by grades. We measure people by, by net worth. We are so good at measuring physical. We have no idea how to measure something deeper than physical. But so if you were blessed to have someone in your life to do that for you, amazing. But if you weren't, it doesn't change the fact that that's who you are. You're a soul. You're a home to something divine. In, if somebody never pointed that out to you, it doesn't change it. And for somebody who never had that, who never saw that in themselves, it doesn't change the actuality. That's who you are. So you don't need someone to give it to you. You don't need somebody to explain to you the extent of your power. It'd be nice, but you don't need it. Just like you don't need someone to tell you that in this package that you have at your doorstep is a timeless painting. It'd be nice if someone said timeless painting. You know, there's a Picasso and you'd go, whoa. But even if they didn't tell you, it's still a Picasso. And the only thing we got to do now is learn how to unwrap it. But 
if we don't fully believe that there's something besides the wrappings called our brains and our bodies, we're not going to work to unwrap it. And that, in my opinion, is the single greatest tragedy in life. The single greatest tragedy in human history, in my humble opinion, is the inability of people to unwrap their physical to reach their spiritual. Period. They buy it. They buy this world. And then in the quiet moments when they realize that, wait, there's got to be more, they distract themselves with entertainment. This, by the way, we're going to get to it later on in the month. This, by the way, is the secret of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is not about some candle burning. Uh Uh-uh. You could be sure that the story of Hanukkah is not that there happens to be a candle and it burned a couple extra days. The best way I understood Hanukkah, by the way, this is great. For those who are trying to wrap their head around the miracle of the oil, think of it like this. Imagine if you get that like low battery message from from Apple, you know, boom, low battery, and you don't plug in your phone for eight days and it lasts. That's Hanukkah. It's a big miracle. We're not doing the holiday because the, the oil lasted. That oil, that flame stands for so much more. That flame stands for us. And God making the miracle and making the oil last was a signal to us today that that flame, that soul that is within you is miraculous. And it could dispel a lot of darkness around you. All you got to do is learn how to light it and it'll last. It'll last miraculously. Now, once we get this, you're listening, and I've got a whole bunch of emails over the past weekend, and you and there are people whose parents drop the ball. It happens. Not everyone's perfect. People are human beings. There are people whose parents drop the ball on them. Period. End of story. It doesn't mean that they have any less than somebody who grew up in an environment where every day they were cheering them on. They both have the exact same stop substance that they're made of. And once we grapple with that, now when you hear it, you're like, nah, not me. My soul's not the same. I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not this, I'm not that. Nah, 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 nah. That's our brain. Stay down, stay down, stay down, stay down, stay down. We're not, we're not scared of failure. You know what we're scared of? I believe the greatest fear is not failure. The greatest fear is a recognition of who we are. Because, because once we recognize who we are, man, that obligates us to do stuff. It's a lot easier to say I'm not than it is to say I am. I don't mean to broadcast I am. I don't mean to make other people say I am, which we'll get to and hopefully soon when we start getting into the world of humility and self-esteem and arrogance and how that all plays out. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's, it's easier to say I'm not than it is to say I am and to mean it. 
Because saying I am means that I got to do stuff. I got to be somebody. I can overcome this. It means I got to work. If I am a piece of God and I'm infinite, and I can't blame anybody in my past anymore. I can't look back and go, well, well, he didn't or she didn't or they didn't. I can't say the reason why this isn't working is because of something that happened to me. We love attributing failure to something else. It's because we don't know who we are. One of the first lessons that I learned from the great rabbi, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who just passed away recently, wrote a book called, I Think Heal the World. I read it in a hotel room once. I was traveling and I, I literally almost fell off my chair. It was so profound. And he speaks about how if you look at the first sin of Adam, and I speak about this on the trip for those who are on the men's trip. I got that from him. If you look at the story of Adam, you notice something amazing. The way we learn the story of Adam and Eve is that God puts them in the garden, gives them a tree, says, don't eat it. They eat the apple, they get punished. But if you look at the story, something else happened. God puts Adam and Eve in the garden, tells them not to eat from the tree. He eats from the, remember the snake to Eve, Eve to Adam. God says, what'd you do? And Adam did the one thing that no man in human history should ever do, blame his wife. And God's like, no, you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. Because I, even I can't save you from that. Whatever's happening next is going to be easier than what you just did. God goes, you know what Adam says? The woman you gave me, she's the one. And John, Jonathan Sachs says, had Adam said, my bad. And Adam said, my bad. He would have still been in the garden. When we point to somebody else and blame them for our failures, what we're saying is, I'm not a piece of you, God. I'm not, I'm not a piece of you. I don't have that power. I don't come from you. I'm not a prince or a princess. I don't have the power that you've invested in me. The power exists in that person. They are peace. They have the power. I only take the power from what they give me or don't give me. And God goes, wait, I'm sorry. She's in charge now? Wait, because I created you like a piece of me. And inside you is me. And I put you in this garden. I put you in this world as my partner. Wait, she's now in charge? So she's God? Is that how this works? And then Eve goes, the snake gave it to me. And God's like, oh, I'm sorry. Now the snake's God? So, so someone please point out where God is in the garden, please, God says. Because last I checked, you're the ones who are a piece of me. And you can fail all day. I don't care. That's called life. You can mess up as much as you want. But the minute you don't know who you are, you're not, you don't belong to be in the palace. The sin of Adam was the sin of, I don't know who I am. And I don't even want to try to know who I am. Because if I try to know who I am, that's going to really obligate me to do stuff. If I'm a powerful parent, I'm obligated to step up and make my kids great. I don't want to do that. Because it's 8 o'clock at night. And I'm tired. And they spilled. 
or they're still driving me crazy, or they're not listening to me. I don't want to do that because this man I married should be serving me. I don't want to dig in all the time. I don't want to always be, I don't want to, I see problems in this world. You know, it'd be amazing. Can I blame? I know it'd be amazing. Let me blame politician. Let me blame the rabbi. Let me blame. If I can just blame people for human problems, that would be awesome because I get to blame somebody and still not miss a minute on my favorite show. I get to still get as many hours sleep as I want, wake up in the morning and then just fetch about it to my friends. This is this is awesome. You know how many sit like around a Shabbat table and someone like does like his thing on like Israeli politics. You know this guy? I love this guy. Like as if like he shocked Bibi Netanyahu is not calling him for military advice. You know what would be the way we should do this if they would just do this. And I'm thinking to myself like, really? Do you realize that the guys that are actually making this decision in Israel like spent I don't know their life in the army? Yep. Did you ever like the most you got was like watching an army movie once? What what, what are you doing? I, I don't want to actually. Like, do that. I don't even want to make Aliyah. I just want to like sit here in my comfortable a couple house and just fetch. I like it. It feels good. I call my girlfriend and we talk for an hour about like 10 people. And then I'm done. I feel good. I, I got it out. It's not my fault. It's my husband. It's my parents. It's my in-laws. It's my kids. It's, it's how we live. We always have somebody else to blame. There's always somebody else that's the reason why I'm not enough. And then if it's not somebody else, it's just like general things, like the system. How many times we see a guy on the, on our trips that we do, and he'll look at me and he'll go, "Why don't I have heard? How come I haven't heard this before? This is amazing. Spirituality is amazing." I'm like, "Yeah, I know." And this, for every one guy that's like on fire, one guy looks and goes, "Wow, I wish I had this when I was growing up." Like as if like, okay. Because I'm this age and I wasn't given this education, like, not my bad. We love that. Because as as long as I know who I'm not, I'm absolved from working hard to change something. You know, the Lubavitcher Rebbe once said, there's a problem that you keep on seeing in the world, that you see in the world. Maybe it's your job to fix it. It's a recognition of who we are that changes our life. No one can take that from us. No one can even give it to us. All they're doing is pulling us down the road. You know why no one can give this to us? Because we don't even know what it is. We don't even fully appreciate it. How do we understand the infinite? Our brains are finite. The only way we can fully realize the extent of who we are is by living a life, fighting to be greater every day. Nobody, especially nobody that knows us when we're younger, can possibly give us a window into that. All they're doing is reminding us that we're more, and that's tremendous but they're not telling us the extent of who we are. Nobody can tell us that except for us. But you can't do it until you believe it. And you can't believe it until you think about it. Let me just read this quote from the book that I read yesterday, Everyday Holiness. We need tradition to draw our attention 
to the, this deep reality because it isn't readily evident to us. This is, our, this is why you study wisdom. How else would we know this? This is the core fundamentals of Judaism. How else would we know this? Our eye easily falls on the flaws and the trappings. Like That's like focusing on the gift wrap and ignoring the present within. Imagine somebody sent you a painting by Picasso or Chagall, and all you can see was the dirtied, tattered packaging in your hands. Whether we admit it or not, most of us want honor and feel we are not getting it, certainly not in the measure that we feel to be our due. So what ends up happening is it drives us to be critical of others, but that's just our own search for honor in our own eyes. There's a profound and sad reality to this. This is the line that I want us to remember today. Many people just don't love themselves enough and in the right way. We have started to create this misconception that humility is when you don't love yourself. I don't know when that happened. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Humility is thinking a lot of yourself, which is why you don't need the world to think of that for you. We can't build what we want to become if we don't cross this bridge. If we don't realize who we are. And try this today. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be uncomfortable. And you're going to reject this. I do. All the time. Do, 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 do. Try us. When you're walking, when you're driving, when you're doing laundry, when you work, just whenever you're mindless. Try to grapple in your brain with the fact that inside you is a piece of the creator of the universe and your source is legit, is literally infinite. Try to like, let's together try to like appreciate what that means, that I am connected to a source that's in me that is infinite that means i'm built with something that can ever go down that will never die it's a piece of me that will never die that will never ever ever fail just the feeling that i have this and that's the most valuable possession that i can ever have begins to build us from the inside out and it starts to change how we see the people in our lives. From those that are controlling maybe how we feel, do and things and say, to people that we can actually influence them to who they are. Okay, we'll talk about this. Until then, have an amazing day. Spend two minutes thinking about this today. It'll be very hard. You'll see. I'll, I, try, I'll, I try it a lot and it's hard. Try it. All right, have an awesome day. With God's help, I can't wait to see you again tomorrow.